GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. This is Craig WK, and with me is, as always, Sean, the Arcade Phantom. How's it going, everybody? Awesome. So, Sean, uh, today we're doing uh, an episode called The Call of the Simpsons. Which originally aired on February 18th, 1990. Yeah, so in this episode, Homer decides he wants to get an RV for the family, and when they get stuck out in the wilderness, he and Bart have to go for help. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. it's kind of a basic plot. It's Yeah, it's a, a fairly standard plot. I mean, it's it's Homer wants to like compete with the neighbor, and he, he has to get an RV, and he's going to go out on a trip because he feels like that's going to be real a ton of fun. Which it turns out it's... On hijinks. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit more of a uh, a cliche episode. I feel like the the idea of oh the the Simpsons get lost in the woods, but at the same time, there's really not many other episodes like this where the Simpsons get lost out in like the woods specifically. I think it happens in some other shows. I think there's a Bob's Burgers episode that it happens in. Oh, shows, sure. I, I think in shows it happens fairly often, but in The Simpsons, I don't think it really comes up much. Well, The Simpsons usually are in the suburbs. Yeah, you know. It's, it's a different setting for the characters. That's true. You're not wrong. So what's going on in the world as we were watching this episode, Craig? So, on this day, uh, the focus was being placed upon the harmful effects of apartheid in South Africa. Now, in the previous episode we did, I mentioned that uh, Nelson Mandela had just been released. Now, apartheid would not end until 1994, uh, but I did a little bit of research on this, which I, I thought was pretty interesting, and apparently the reason why Nelson Mandela was really released uh, by uh, the, the sort of the leader at the time who was in control of apartheid uh, was this guy by, uh, by the name of De Klerk. De Klerk had a uh, got a lot of flack from the white communities in South Africa for releasing Nelson Mandela. And the reason for it is because there was a lot of civil unrest and he wanted to prevent revolution, essentially. Huh. And yeah, uh, it was, but I mean, it's crazy to me to think that like in 1994, I was around 10 years old and apartheid was just ending in South Africa. It's kind of weird to think I'd ever really thought about that in my life but right? i was a kid i didn't care i was playing games sure. and watching the simpsons right you know it, it wasn't really on our on our radars but i mean you got to think that's crazy to think that when we were t- when we were nine years old nine and you were eight i uh, i mean there was a, a country out in the world where black people weren't treated equally as white people were and the white people were a minority yeah you know, and that's, it's just, it's such a crazy situation, you know, and for our listeners who aren't aware, yeah, apartheid was essentially a, a, a stretch of time in South Africa's history where, uh, it, you know, it, black people didn't have the same rights as white people. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy to think about the, the fact that, you know, like that was going on into the mid nineties, but Sean, give me, give me some positive news. Give me something a little lighter than, than, you know, all this heavy stuff going on in the world. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. When The Simpsons was first airing, did you watch it live? 
You know, I, uh, I I think there were a few episodes I caught live when I was younger because I, I remember, like, just getting into The Simpsons, but I don't remember an exact episode. Every single week I used to turn tune into The Simpsons and mm-hmm. watch it live. This is the first one I skipped. Really? Because at the same night, NBC was running The Death of the Incredible Hulk. Oh! The final Hulk movie. Oh, man. So... No happiness over here because the Hulk dies. Bruce Banner dies. We're talking about the uh, the one with the Lonely Man theme they eventually played oh, yeah. on Sci-Fi Channel, right? Wa- walking off into the distance. With the, while hitchhiking? Yeah. Oh, man. Lou Ferrigno's Hulk. Lou Ferrigno, that was who it was. Yeah, the death of the Incredible Hulk. So this is the first episode of The Simpsons I recorded on a VCR to watch later. Wow. Crazy. V- VCR is dated in and of itself. Man, I... Uh, so, uh... Not as heavy as yours, but I mean, yeah, the Incredible Hulk dying on TV happened. Man, yeah, this this is depressing. Let, let's let's see if we can't uh, uh, liven things up with an episode where they get lost in the woods. So, uh, at the start of the episode, you have Bart, who's doing chores, and Homer's just watering the, the flowers or whatever. Which is weird, because Homer doesn't usually do lawn work. Very rarely does he do yard work. Oh, I guess he mows the lawn on occasion. Uh, but uh, They have one of those old-timey push mowers, too. They do. Yeah, because even, I feel like even in the early 90s, that that would have been kind of rare, right? My neighbor had one, and I always like would watch him mow the lawn and think, man, that looks rough. <laughs> watch him do work. Man, oh, that's got to be a ton of hard work. Uh, so... I really appreciate the fact that Bart mirrors uh, his father in the scene by cursing the the Flanders family name as Rod rides by on the lawnmower, and he's like, crazy weather, Bart, or whatever he says, and, and Bart's just like, nah, damn Flanders. Which sets up the dynamic for Bart and Homer basically being father and son and growing into each other's shoes a little bit. Yeah, and also always having a rivalry with the Flanders. Uh, although it becomes less of a rivalry for Bart as time goes on, and it's just sort of Rod's a dweeb, you know? Yeah, and Homer's rivalry continues. But Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> he definitely does. Uh, so uh, uh, Flanders comes in, and he's got a real fancy RV, right? Really nice RV. Top of the line. Best RV you can get. It's huge. Well, maybe not the best you can get. Not the best you can get. <laughs> Probably second best you second can get. Second best you can get, yeah. So, uh... uh and Flanders mm-hmm. is kind of a jerk in these early episodes. He kind of brags about a lot of things that are going good for him. Yeah, he does. I feel like he I feel like he always does, but it never feels like it's out of malice. Like like so many other characters it's like, "Oh, well, I have this." But with Flanders it's just like, "Oh, look what I decided to pick up." And it's it's not that he's being cruel and malicious to Homer. It's just that he just is talking about it. He doesn't even think twice about it. It's like almost his his bragging is out of like naivete. Yeah. And I mean, later on, Flanders even addresses this in the series by saying, yeah, we have things better than them, but, you know, they're still our equals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And uh, so Homer gets jealous, you know, he, he you know, like, because, and it's funny because, like, when Bart was like, man, why can't we have, like, a fancier lawnmower, you know, like the Flanders do? And Homer's like, oh, son, it's not about keeping up with the Flanders. And then Ned rides in with the RV, and Homer's like, I need it. And Homer's dumbfounded by it, and he says one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Homer tells Ned that, you know, I get your mail from time to time, 
<laughs> and you only make $27 more than me. How can you afford this? Homer reads Ned Flanders' mail when it gets arrived to him. Is it that weird, though? Because it doesn't surprise me in the least that he opens Flanders' mail, because that's kind of who Homer is. It's who Homer is, but have you ever gotten someone else's mail and thought, man, I should open this and see what I get? I have never. But you want to know what's also a little weird? What letter would Homer have gotten that shows that he's making that Flanders is making only twenty seven dollars more per week? Maybe the pharmacy was sending him his pay stubs. Oh right, he was uh, uh, working at a pharmacy at this time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was working at a pharmacy in the early episodes. Well, here's a question though, because like, why would they have been sending him his pay stubs? I've had a business before that's direct deposit sent me my pay stubs in the mail. Would there have been direct deposit in the early 90s, though? I don't know. I'm not a banker. <laughs> Fair enough. I just, I don't know. I, I don't, like, I, I, I never really could stop to consider if direct deposit was a thing in the early 90s. I don't know that it was, but I guess maybe, like, why would it have been an issue? It doesn't seem that hard. I mean, it might have been something think. where you're job charged you for it back in the day they'd be like yeah we'll drop it in your bank but it's going to be an extra 250 out of your paycheck that could be that could very well be i yeah i i should have done a little more research on that i didn't really start thinking about that as much as i you know i didn't uh, think about that until right now yeah Hmm. so uh homer decides he's going to get a uh an rv so he goes to, uh, I believe it's Bob's RVs, right? It is Bob's. It's Cowboy Bob's RVs. Cowboy Bob's RVs. And so he sees the Simpsons. He says, thank God. And he walks out. And Marge the whole time is like, I don't know about this. And Cowboy Bob is voiced by Albert Brooks, who you'll know in The Simpsons shows up later on as the master of improv. Albert Brooks voices Jacques. He voices Hank Scorpio. Albert Brooks is a master when it comes to improving his lines, and he does that throughout this entire interaction as a salesman. He does an amazing job because here's the thing: I, I, I had never, re- I've never really been a salesman, honestly. Like you know, I, I mean, I've sold stuff to people, like you know, like you know, anybody in a store, like oh, I really like this brand or something, you know, when I've worked at like a grocery store or whatever. But after working in the mortgage business as I have been, uh, I really appreciate how Bob goes about his craft. He butters up Homer, he ignores the naysaying March, he hypes up the kids, and then he proceeds to belittle Homer after he realizes his credit is just garbage, which would never actually happen in, in you know, a real business or anything like that. But, like, Bob really lets Homer have it. I'll be honest. I've been a salesman and mm-hmm. worked on commission a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've done the Cowboy Bob slick salesman <laughs> thing. I had a time where I was working and selling video games and things like that. Mm-hmm. And... A guy came in for the newest Madden. I think Uh it was like Madden 10 at the time. Uh Uh-huh. And he came in and he wanted to buy the cheapest off-brand controllers so his buddies could play with him. Uh Uh-huh. And they were like these small, tiny controllers. And I knew, like, I can get this guy to buy the better stuff. I can get it. He's super jock, super muscular, super into this. So I was like, oh, you're picking up those controllers. You buying those for your wife? Your your daughter? (laughs) No? (laughs) I walked away from him. And he immediately walked back as soon as I was gone and grabbed the most expensive and biggest controllers because I emasculated him. <laughs> You're I, the worst. And I walked up to one of the guys and I was like, that's how you make the sales. 
that's how you do it. You trick them into thinking they need this, and that's what you do. Oh, man, that's terrible. So, yeah, I've been that Weasley guy. and I appreciate that you do refer to it as Weasley because that is pretty rotten. Oh, oh it's rotten. <laughs> but you know what? It makes you money, so you got to do it. Fair enough. Anyone yeah. out there working commission, I get it, man. If you sell cable or something, I understand. If you come to my door, I'll listen to your sales pitch. I might not buy, but... I'll let you go through it. And I'll be honest with you and cut you off. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to buy. Like, don't waste your time. Go to somebody else. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so like, when 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 the uh, uh, Bob does, or Cowboy Bob does the uh, the credit check, you know, the like, the siren goes off and, like, red lights flash. And Homer's like, is that a good siren? And Bob's like, have you ever known a siren to be a good siren? That's a weird scene. <laughs> Because he gets so real with Homer. He immediately does like a 180. He goes from being like, oh, man, we're going to get you into the best RV. Yeah, you're going to totally walk away with the best RV. Today. You're going to drive it out of this lot. In the uh, the the one RV they were looking at was like two stories tall. And it had a chandelier in it. The kids were all excited. The, the RV had its own satellite. Not a satellite dish. Its own <laughs> yes. satellite. It its own satellite. And um, it, the the flashing credit light, though. I mean, could you imagine working at a job where a light went off if somebody had bad credit? You just would make them feel so bad about their day. It would ruin the day, especially if you worked in a big public area where a lot of people could see. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that would be mm, terrible. Those people are broke. That's yeah. depressing as can be. It, it is. And, uh, I, you know, working with mortgage type stuff, I, I deal with people who, you know, sometimes they have great credit, but other times they don't. And uh, and it is. It's a, it's a kind of a heavier conversation to have because you it's this weird balance of like you have to be really frank about it, but you also you know, don't want, you know, you don't want to just be like, listen, your credit sucks. You can't, you can't get this. No, you want to be empathetic to it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be, you know, you, you don't want to be a jerk or anything, but at the same time, it's so weird to be like, well, you know, it looks like this is what it came in at. You're going to need it here. Here are some tips to get to this point, you know, and it's just this really weird kind of bizarre situation. But like, I appreciate the fact that like when Bob goes through his shtick with uh, Homer, just the whole time, like when he gets to the, uh, 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 like the the crappy RV because he he finds an, a used RV that Homer can afford, and uh, what is it that Homer says? It's something of, of the, the effect of like uh, uh, he's like uh, oh no, Bob says like this is the RV for you, and he whispers and he's like I I mean this is the only RV for you. There's no other RV that you can possibly afford with your abysmal credit. He's just like totally rips Homer a new one. He does, and I, and I like that cowboy Bob when he explains the RV. He's smiling. He's like, this is the RV for ya. You can't get anything else. You're going to get this. You're stuck with it. <laughs> I also like that he totally tricks Homer into buying it when Homer's like, oh, I don't know. I should talk about it with my family. And he's like, he's like, Homer, do you see that man over there? That man has asked for this RV. And he's like, and Homer buys it. He's like, what he is? And he's like, he's coming to buy it. He's going to get it right now. Are you going to let him get it or are you going to take this RV? And Homer's like, well, I can't let him take this RV. And he buys it and... Which I believe is completely an improv line. <laughs> it probably the is. way it's delivered feels improv. Yeah, I I, I definitely appreciate uh, Cowboy Bob in this episode. I uh, now I uh, I uh, the the Simpsons then pile into the vehicle. Like you know, the scene changes. They're already ready to go on their vacation, and they got a lot of stuff on their vacation. This thing is crammed to the brim. It's filled in the back, and it's also got a ton of stuff on the roof. 
ta- like uh, tied down. Yeah, so they're bringing a lot for this vacation, which might just be a weekend. We don't know. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, though the Simpsons tend to take a lot of luggage everywhere they go, it seems. Like, even when they uh, went out of town for... Uh, they wear the same clothes. Why are they taking so much luggage? <laughs> mm. uh, you know what? That's a good question, Sean. I never really stopped to consider that. <laughs> what are they bringing? <laughs> you know what? Maybe it's better not to ask. Uh, but so Homer comes up to the, the Flanders house. And Flanders, who's the kindest guy around, is like, hey, it's a butte. Which, which once again, like I, I kind of have to disagree with you. You, told, you said that Flanders comes off as a jerk. But I feel like he's kind of a nice guy. Like even if he's he's sort of humble bragging, I don't think he means it. Because no, even he, in this moment, he says he's like, "Oh, it's a butte," and he seems like he means it. He doesn't seem like he's lying. I don't feel like Flanders is so much a jerk, so much that he tries to be, but he comes off that way through being a little pretentious for his own good. Okay, it makes I, him rub off the wrong way. I can kind of see that, but I but I feel like a moment like this. Flanders is a pretty legit guy, right? Like he's like he he's genuinely happy for Homer, and Homer, of course, turns the margin. He's like he's jealous, even though his RV is way worse than Flanders, which is a great line from Dan Castellaneta. It, yeah, it really is. Uh, Dan Dan does a, a pretty pretty dang good job there, and. Uh, so uh, here's a, a nice little thing because I've complained about this multiple times throughout the show so far. Maggie is finally in a car seat in the back seat of the vehicle. Which, that whole back seat thing, didn't become prominent till late, later in the 2000s. Because I saw this and I knew you were going to talk about it, so I had to look it up. <laughs> it was in the early 2000s where they started saying, you should put that car seat in the back seat. But she was in a car seat, she was in the back. Yeah. It might have been for animation perspective, whatever, but... It hey, might have been. and finally good parenting. Or hey, hey, And you know what? I don't even necessarily, like, I don't think... Well, maybe not, you know, maybe when Marge was holding Maggie in the front seat instead of putting her in a car seat. But uh, I, I I, mostly mention it just for the fact of how kind of dated it is. The fact that, like, you know, you're looking at this and it's like, oh, Maggie's being held in the front seat as they drive. What? Like, that? you can't fly with stuff like that anymore, you know? No, I'm pretty sure if you were to do that, if someone were to take their kid and be driving with them in the front seat, another driver would stop and yell at them. That or maybe even call the police or the police would if the police saw it, they would pull them over because that's, I think, some kind of endangerment thing. It's almost like uh, like not being buckled. It's like there laws, are right? laws that if your child is below a certain height, they have to be in the back seat. I only know this because I dated someone who was very short and I used to make fun of her a lot <laughs> because she technically should have been in the back seat. <laughs> Fair enough. Once again, I'm a jerk, listeners. I can be a jerk. Uh, that's great. I uh, so I. Uh, you know, they're, they're going on their trip, and, you know, they were pretty excited before, but now that it's a crappy RV, they're not as excited. Uh, but I really do appreciate the, the scene uh, of Bart and Lisa. Uh, they're, they're playing the smell game, and, uh, uh, it, and it's at the expense of making fun of Homer. But I feel like there's a lot of great moments with, that show the sort of the camaraderie between the two siblings when they're sort of ganging up on another person and specifically Homer. Typically when they gang up, it's on Homer and they uh-huh. do it very well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, cause you know, like Bart's going through and he's like rendering plant. He's like garbage dump, and then he, he's like, and Lisa's like, no, no. And then uh, Bart's like Homer's feet, and Lisa's like, you win, Bart. And it's just, I don't know. I I just really really appreciate it. Honestly, my brother and me, we had a similar relationship mm-hmm. where if we were ragging on my dad, we would get along and do it, and we'd be fighting at tooth and nail. Just a short story for everybody. One time, uh-huh. me and my brother were fighting, uh-huh. and we were doing the Simpsons choking each other. Why you little just choking uh-huh. the life out of each other? My dad <laughs> burst in the room. We're both red in the face. Uh-huh. He says, "Would you keep it down? I'm trying to watch TV." Slams the door. Doesn't care that we're choking each other to death. And we both kind of stopped and just laughed at that scenario because we're like, "Wow, that was some bad parenting right there." <laughs> <laughs> and it diffused everything. The bad parenting worked. If he would have told us to knock it off, we probably would have been like, no, he'd been beat the crap out of each other. But surprisingly, that's what worked. That's hilarious. Man, that is some real great A parenting by uh, your pops there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I. Uh... Oh man! So, uh, uh, coincidentally, uh, uh, not that I have as you know uh, exciting of a story as that, but I, uh, when my mom, my sister, and I uh, spend time together, sometimes my mom says she hates it because my sister and I will gang up and make fun of my mom. <laughs> so we'll really, really just mess with her, and my mom gets so frustrated by it, and me and my sister think it's hilarious, but at the same time. Like, my poor mother is stuck dealing with me and my sister just, like, just totally ragging on her. Just giving it to her. Just, yeah, absolutely. It's great. Uh, But so, uh, they, you know, they're they're getting along pretty well, and uh, so they they start driving through the woods. Homer takes them off-road, because he says this is an all-terrain vehicle, which, I don't know, maybe I'm not, you know, familiar with RVs, but to the best of my knowledge... An RV is not an all-terrain vehicle. I mean, they have to go off the grid, quote-unquote. I mean, a a little, but I don't think you could be like, hey, we're going up the mountain on this guy. I don't know. Oh, no, you can't drive it up a mountain, but I mean... You know, there's there's just... They, they, they got to be made to go out to a campground, so... Sure, I, I guess that's true, but I mean, Homer's really taking it through some r- a rough patch there as he smashes through trees and branches and stuff. Our RVs have to have four-wheel drive, right? I, I, I would mean, assume so. I would guess. You would hope. I mean, some of them have six wheels, so maybe it's six-wheel drive? Is that how it works? Is that how it works? Is, is it all these wheels driving, or is it just... I, I don't know enough about cars in general, let alone RVs. Uh, that's something for our fans to fill us in on. I think I've been in an RV once in my life. I don't... Yeah, I've been inside an RV, I think, once in my life, but I've never actually like driven in one, I don't think. Oh, I've never driven in one i think i just was like hanging out at somebody's campground went into it and hung out yeah there. yeah i think that was the same uh uh sh- you know spiel with me it was you know it was just sort of like oh there's this rv and it was like it looked inside and it was like oh this is an rv huh yeah it's basically mm. a big van that you have to sleep in and <laughs> cooking and hang out in. it's awesome if it's raining though i mean that's oh, sure. the best. yeah <laughs> i can Im- i can imagine that uh so they're they're driving along and uh, Homer uh, is like, is this a good spot you know, to stop? And the family all shrieks out to stop, and he hits the brakes, and they end up on the ledge of a cliff. And it's teetering back and forth, and they all are like, we got to get out of here. Yeah, I, I appreciate that Homer's like, all right, on the count of three, and then you hear, and he looks, and they're all just gone. 
They've ripped Maggie out of the car seat and just bolted it and also slammed the door. They all they didn't even leave doors open in case it was needed for him. Eh, they were wondering about women and children first. Fair enough. It is women and children first. I uh, but Homer does eventually get out of the RV real quickly after mm-hmm. realizing this. And then it tips over the edge, which is funny because you would think that after Homer's weight leaving the front of the vehicle, you know, I mean, couldn't the rest of the family have, like, maybe jumped on the back bumper and sort of balanced it out of it? I don't think they were really concerned with that. I think they were just concerned with their safety and they got the heck out. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, that's that, you know, that's true. But going with being concerned about that, uh-huh. their RV falls off the cliff and explodes. Yep. And Homer says they're all gonna die yeah so uh and even right before that i i love the line that when maggie's scared and homer's like well somebody do something about maggie and lisa's like look maggie birdies and she points at vultures that are circling (laughs) up i don't know why i appreciate that so much but all of their stuff exploded oh yeah like homer doesn't care about his stuff he's very materialistic that's a big step for homer to think oh god we're gonna die this is the worst. <laughs> and yeah, he uh, he's like, all right, family, I'm going to get my bearing straight. I'm an experienced woodsman. He walks maybe, I don't know, 20 feet, and he starts crying about how he's doomed his family, and then his voice echoes, and the rest of the family hears it. Which is a good scene. I mean, it's a sad scene, but... Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's it's. I mean, it's, it's a pretty funny scene, but I... I so after that, I... You have, uh, 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 what is it, H- uh, Homer and... Homer and Bart go off on an adventure. And coincidentally, Maggie is uh, with them for a brief few moments. Yes, yeah, Maggie starts to follow them. And I want to point out, Maggie just wanders off, and Marge does not give a damn about her. She's yeah. just gone. She's like, oh, Maggie's going with Homer. It's fine. It's a little weird because you think that a baby, like Homer and Bart taking a baby off into the woods is maybe a little bit more dangerous. You'd think you'd want to be like, hey, Homer, the baby's coming. (laughs) Check it out. The baby's behind you. You know that baby that's crawling up behind you? Me turn around and see that baby. I mean, we got three of them, so who cares if we lose this one, but the baby's gone. (laughs) The odds are in our favor that at least one of our children will survive until adulthood. So, yeah, they may have been good parents for the car seat, but Mark does not give a damn at that point. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, Homer also has a lot of really dumb moments in this episode, I feel like. Uh, He blows off Lisa's astronomy knowledge. So when she's like, you know, the... uh, the the tail of the big or the handle of the big dipper points to the north star and homer's just like like oh this isn't an astronomy class and uh when he walks off into the woods with bart he also mentions how uh his survival skills are like a third sense to him they're like a third sense to him yeah homer this is the start of homer's intelligence going down as the seasons go on i kind of think so he's never been that bright up to this point but like man he's really dumb in this episode i also feel like the way this episode ends up in the end Mm -hmm. is a little more surreal than i expected it to go because for season one absolutely they're lost in the woods okay okay but it's gonna get a little weirder as we go on and everybody's gonna learn that right now Mm -hmm. i so uh, they they go off wandering into the woods, and uh, Maggie, uh, who's uh, uh, sucking on her pacifier, and nobody cares about, and nobody cares about Bart and Homer uh, mistake her for a rattler. 
I'm not entirely sure why, because uh, the sucking sound is a little different. Like, maybe if she had a rattle, it would make a little more sense. I feel like that's maybe, like, a, a, a little bit of a misstep. I feel like they could have worked that joke out a little more. They probably could have, but, I mean, they're not woodsmen. That's, yeah. That's kind of the gag. Is Homer's not an experienced woodsman. Sure. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he's no clue. So he, he so even though just a few moments ago he was like, don't let animals smell fear, and Bart, when he hears the what he thinks is a rattle, and he's like, it's a rattlesnake, what are we going to do? And he's like, and Homer's just like, run, you fool, and they just dart off into the woods, leaving Maggie off on her own to be eaten by a bear. And that's the sad death of Maggie, everyone. Yep, that's where it ends, right there Maggie's for Maggie. gone forever. Mauled by a grizzly bear. No, she is about to be mauled by a grizzly bear. She sticks a pacifier in its mouth. Mouth. It's a hilariously cute scene, of course, and they wander off. The bear carries Maggie. So Maggie's well protected by bears during this. Lisa and Marge are actually doing pretty well making their own, you know, like little like uh, shelter and made a fire. And Marge is like, well, if we made a fire. An experienced woodsman like your father certainly can. Cuts to Homer and Bart who are cold and dark and miserable. In the dark and cold and miserable. Before that happens, though, they run away from the Rattler, mm-hmm. and they get stuck in the stream. Oh, yeah. they That's kind of a weird moment, because I feel like it, it was sort of an excuse to give them the, the like, the cliche leaves covering their groin area. Yeah, because they get stuck in the stream, they fall down the stream, yep. and they lose all their clothes. <laughs> They're completely naked with no clothes on and that's that that's a weird thing to happen i mean in, I, a, I in a cartoon sitcom yeah i would say so i can understand part of your clothes coming off in the water but to they, get completely naked that would be like multiple directions of water coming <laughs> at you to push them off i don't understand how it gets them completely naked i can only imagine some friendly beaver swam out to them stole their clothes <laughs> and then swam off but that's Something that needs to be addressed is they are naked and they become men of the wild. Yeah. So, uh, and, and another thing too, which uh, dawn, is dawned on me, uh, there's a, a particular joke that I just lost it at because it's so grim and dark, especially especially with the context of the series of what's happened in recent episodes. So Bart complains that he's hungry to Homer, and Homer's like, "All right, all right, let's trap a rabbit." So he's, he's got this plan uh, of how he's going to like set this little loop trap thing, the snare, which, you know, for a brief few moments, you think, oh, wow, Homer actually knows what he's doing. And he starts tying a noose with this, like these branches. And Bart's exact quote is, what are we going to do? Hang ourselves? <laughs> His father had just attempted suicide pre- just a few episodes ago. Why do we keep ago? going back to suicide, Craig? Why has every episode got to be about suicide? <laughs> hey, listen. Homer attempted it, and then in subsequent episodes, it keeps coming up. Bart asks him, what are we going to do, hang ourselves? <laughs> what? I lost it at that moment. I I was almost crying. I was laughing so hard when I uh, was doing the research for this episode. But, oh, man, how dark is that knowing that Homer had attempted suicide just two, through a few episodes ago? That's pretty dark. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And so... The snare doesn't work, in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Which is another part I really love, because it it loops the rabbit and just flings it. And it's just... And it's just, like, way in the distance. And Homer's just like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to go scare a rabbit, and you step on it. Which is also kind of kind of a twisted morbid thing son i want you to kill this rabbit for me kill this animal you're just a child who's never taken the life of another thing but just you know murder this rabbit for me 
Bart's a little devious. Maybe he killed a rabbit at some point. I mean, Bart has emotions. He's not a cold killing machine. <laughs> right, we learned yeah. that. So yeah, it's a little dark. Yeah, and then Homer goes into the woods and then gets attacked by, uh, I think it's a snake, a raccoon, a squirrel, and like a chipmunk or something? It's a combination of those. So, I gotta ask, did you go camping a lot as a kid? Not a lot, honestly. I uh, uh, went out to my grandparents who lived in sort of the country, uh, but wasn't it wasn't camping, per se. I didn't really go camping that often. I did like backyard camping when I was younger a few times, like just at like my cousin's place, but like... It wasn't real camping. It was just us out in a tent at night, and then we ended up going inside as the night went on. I went through the scouts, the Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts, so I did a lot of camping growing Oh, yeah. So this episode kind of speaks to me. Mm -hmm. My camping was a little different because Uh my dad was my scout leader, so he taught us valuable life lessons. Like, sometimes, you know, it's hot outside. Uh So what do you do? You break into the nearest cabin and you hook an AC unit up to it. <laughs> what? Oh, good lord! So I think of this episode when they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do our zany things." This was my growing up with my dad and scouts, and it wasn't just me who was a scout, like Bart and Homer. Uh-huh. There was a whole group of kids that my dad's like, "Well, kids, we're breaking into this cabin. Let's go!" Man, that is insane. So, like third grade, I learned how to, uh, you know, pick the lock of a cabin and uh, get into them. So. Good life lessons. Now. It would have helped Bart and Homer. It, you know, you're not wrong. It probably would have helped them. It doesn't hurt to uh, uh, to, to know how to pick some locks. And uh, coincidentally, uh, thinking of picking locks makes me think of Dungeons and Dragons. And if you don't already know, there is a show called Noobs and Dragons that I am the dungeon master for, along with uh, some... Other uh, uh, team members for the uh, Gamezilla Media crew. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. If you're into Dungeons & Dragons and you want to hear our adventure and love hearing my voice, make sure to check out Noobs & Dragons. And who doesn't love hearing your voice? Right? Everyone should. Everybody loves hearing my voice. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so they <laughs> pick the lock. Yeah, we learned how to pick locks. That was a useful lesson. I was like in third grade and I learned how to pick a lock. Oh, man. I mean, I'll, you know, fair enough. I also learned how to hook an AC unit up, so I mean, that's a life lesson. Hey, yeah, that's not bad. A lot of houses have central air now, but I mean, those window air AC units, you know how to hook them up. I mean, it it doesn't hurt to know. It doesn't hurt to know. So, I... As, as Maggie's being taken care of by bears, and as Marge and Lisa are doing okay for themselves, and in fact, I think around this time, they end up getting found by a park ranger, uh, Homer falls into the mud. Oh, I'm sorry, no, he gets, uh, uh, he eats some honey, gets his tongue stung by bees, then goes out into, like, the swamp, falls in the mud, comes out, r- like, raving, and, like, nobody can understand him because his tongue has been stung by bees. And, and- there's an amateur who's recording video and homer uh coming out of the mud looks coincidentally like bigfoot which is such a surreal plot i mean later seasons i could see this happening but season one they're a little more grounded so this this is a big difference you know what though here's here's sort of something to consider sean back in the early 90s there were a lot of specials on fox which is what the simpsons aired on about Bigfoot. 
tabloid newspapers were a thing, and they're not a thing anymore, really. Oh, they, they, they still are. But most people listen to their tabloids through podcasts. Right, sure, through podcasts and through websites, not necessarily printed magazines. But, I mean, you still see the tabloids every now and then. They, they're not usually as ridiculous as they used to be. Because, like, when we were kids, it was like, like, Hillary Clinton marries alien and father's baby. How did it happen? Read it here. Trust me, you haven't looked at the tabloids in a while. Oh, there are still enough. some of them out there that are crazy. Fair enough, fair enough. So People still remember Bat Boy. Really? Bat Boy's still a thing? Bat Boy's still a thing. He shows up every now and then. Oh, good on Bat Boy. Good on Bat Boy. Uh, but yeah, no, Fox was actually had a lot of specials on Bigfoot. They really, like, the cryptozoology thing kind of was real big in the early 90s, early to mid 90s. Fox was on the ground floor for discovering and uncovering a new species known as Bigfoot. They were really, really gung-ho, and it never amounted to anything because Bigfoot isn't real. Don't say that. Bigfoot is totally real. I'm going to go out right now on our show and just put it on the line. There's no such thing as Bigfoot. Prove me wrong, Fox. Prove I, me wrong. I hope you get mauled by Bigfoot on the way home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you come back in a couple weeks and you're like, oh, my God, I was mauled by Bigfoot. You were right. Bigfoot's real. All right. You know what? I... If I get mauled by Bigfoot, I owe you a Coke. Okay. I'll take that back. <laughs> so, I, so, the, I, so, Homer and Bart uh, get viewed as Bigfoot. The, the, the guy filming Homer run, runs off. Uh, they end up bumping into the bear. And uh, right before they're about to be torn limb from limb, uh, Maggie comes out of nowhere. And Maggie kind of speaks to the bears now. Which is real weird. But but this is a more surreal episode. But then again, in later episodes, like we would have subtitles for ants. That's true. You know, I mean, so fair we, enough. We get ant subtitles later on. But, <laughs> you know, so if, if ants can speak amongst themselves with subtitles, I right, fair enough. I'll, 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 I'll accept the, the bears. So, uh, uh, you know... Bart gets a hold of Maggie, Homer, you know, and is leading them along, and uh, they come out of the woods, and the, all the while, uh, Lisa and Marge are like, you know, or Marge starts talking about how she's like, oh, it's not Bigfoot, it's Homer, and then they keep cutting the new tablet newspaper papers, and it's like, you know, uh, uh, I married Bigfoot, you know, please call him Homer, like, big, like demand for people to call Bigfoot by his true name. Bigfoot likes pork chop and applesauce. <laughs> yes, there's all this ridiculous stuff. Homer comes out of the the woods and like a bunch of dudes come out with nets like they they try to net him homer gets out and uh like it it almost becomes kind of tense as like they're like take him alive and they like get trank darts out and homer says my favorite line in the entire episode when he gets tranquilized this is such a good line (laughs) so he gets a hit and he starts going (laughs) and like falls over and he tells bart (laughs) dad dad Avenge me, son. Avenge my death. <laughs> and then, and then he, he falls asleep. Out. Oh, God, it's so good. I just love the delivery of how, like, kind of, like, almost blanket is. He's just like, avenge me, son. Avenge my death. He's, he just, he's so serious about it. He honestly wanted Bart to kill somebody for him. <laughs> I mean, he wanted Bart to kill a small animal. He's just moving up the food chain. <laughs> this has been an adventure for them in the woods, and Bart's going to learn how to murder. <laughs> You know what? I, isn't that what every young son has to learn out in the woods with their father? How to murder? I'm pretty sure after learning how to break into a cabin, that's where we were going next. 
You know what? You're probably right. <laughs> what if somebody had been home? Would you have had to have a thrill kill? Probably. I mean, we wanted that cabin. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got to do things for cabins and air conditioning, kids. I Also, why did we have spare air conditioner in the van? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your dad probably stole it from another cabin. <laughs> probably just some happy family yanks the air conditioner out of the window. <laughs> oh, what's with that? It's really hot in here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, questions I never asked myself, but now I'm realizing, like, uh. oh, I'm glad we can have this uh, uh, sort of like a, a, a exploratory, uh, uh, sort of like dialectic on uh, the nature of your upbringing. Therapy through Simpsons, our new show. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what we should have named it. Anyway, I uh, so speaking of therapy. Oh, we get another appearance of Dr. Marvin Monroe in this episode. Yeah, we do. Uh, Homer's mistaken for the missing link uh, and was held captive by scientists for an unknown amount of time. That's weird, right? That's super weird. And what's even weirder to me is Dr. Marvin Monroe works at the Springfield Primate Institute. They have a primate institute in Springfield. That's weird. You wouldn't think it would come up very often. But then again, his he does have a side job as a family psychiatrist who who advertises on TV. Maybe he's just sort of on the council? It could be. I think he's just a quack. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we learned that. Because here's the other thing. At this point in the series, uh, and this is, of course, ignoring if the, the series got mixed up and jumbled in its episodes, he met Homer previously. Yeah, he's met Homer before, and... Although, he does tell Homer at that time to forget that he ever had gone there. So maybe Marvin Monroe just was like, you know what? This guy really, really messed up my uh, practice. I'm going to go ahead and uh, mess up his life. He's going to be known as Bigfoot till the day he dies. That's the real reason Marvin Monroe disappeared. He's slowly becoming a serial killer. Man, I never would have... Well, okay, maybe I would have guessed You it. wouldn't peg the guy who had people electrocute each other, the serial killer. Uh, this yeah. is Jigsaw from the Saw series. Fair enough, Sean, fair enough. Get off your high horse, all right? Fair enough. The guy's a psychopath. <laughs> the guy's a psychopath, and I hate him. I'm not going to get off a high horse about it. I hate that character. <laughs> oh, then you'll be so happy when he dies and has a hospital named after him. Uh, but anywho. Uh, so at the end of the episode, Homer and Marge are in bed and Homer's like, oh man, the guys are going to have a field day with us at work, which, you know, I, I will say, I, I like to consider myself a pretty, uh, uh, work appropriate guy. I try to avoid inappropriate jokes at work, things like that. But if somebody was mistaken for Bigfoot and he came into work the next day, I would probably be like, yo, Sasquatch, what's up? Oh, I would totally rag on him for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just for a little context for our listeners, Craig and I actually worked together one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was and a lot of fun. I don't want to get into the details of it, but one of our coworkers was arrested, and the jokes kept running about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. They never really stopped. And he was arrested for really bad reasons, so... Well, yeah, we don't want to talk, talk about, about that. that. But, but uh, yeah, the jokes did not stop. They were dark humor. <laughs> so, yeah, I would totally make fun of Bigfoot. I would be like, hey, Yeti, what's up? Yeti. Oh, man. You the abominable snow creature? You gonna tell Rudolph about his adventure? <laughs> so, Homer's mistaken for Bigfoot. Uh, I, I also appreciate that when he's in the cage, he's like, uh, like they give him a pork chop. He steals it. He starts ripping into it. And he's like, can I have some applesauce? Which is <laughs> <laughs> a great callback. I love it. And uh, so, 
so the episode ends, and uh, uh, Marvin Monroe, or or no, I think it's maybe the other psycho- uh, the other uh, primate specialist who's like, this is either a uh, a below average human or a brilliant beast. And at the end of the episode, as Homer's depressed, uh, uh, Marge calls Homer her. Uh, it's you know he is her brilliant beast, and they hug each other and go to bed. And it's a, a pretty uh, uh, standard way for The Simpsons to end. I feel like there's quite a lot of episodes that end with Marge and Homer in bed together. It's a sweet ending. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, but all in all, it's a really weird season one episode. Oh, yeah. It's probably the weirdest of all of season one. There's one other one that's coming up for the, our listeners that's also a little out there. But yeah, this one is. There, I mean, you know, it's a little... It's a. It can be a fairly surreal show, especially as the seasons go on. But uh, but an episode where they get lost in the woods, their their all their possessions and their RV blows up, uh, and they they wander around Maggie and he gets adopted by bears. Yeah, it's just all in all, there's a lot of really weird stuff going on. Yeah, it it's all right. It's it's an interesting episode. It's got some good jokes, but. Yeah, there there's some solid jokes here and there. I which which I wasn't expecting because I I came into this episode thinking like, oh man, this is gonna be a rough one, and uh, but it'd been so long since I've seen it, I'd forgotten some of those great jokes. But I, uh, what do you think is the lasting impact of this episode? Letting the show go more surreal. I think that was the lasting impact because we'll see that later on. The plots mm-hmm. will get outlandish to the point where Homer will work for supervillains. It gets pretty surreal, but you know what? I I I would even argue, uh, for and I wouldn't say that you're wrong by any means, but uh, I would argue for the fact that Homer is particularly dumb in this episode, and he's even mistaken for a mythical ape. I think these are some of his dumbest moments of the first season, and honestly, even into the second season, like they they have some real real dumb moments. I don't know if they are his dumbest moments of the first and second season. You'll have to keep tuned to listen and find out if Absolutely. he does get dumber. But they are some dumb moments. He has, he has a lot of dumb moments, and I think they, I think the writers, as they were playing around, realized, oh, well, you know, when Homer's being dumb, we can, we kind of work some real funny jokes in. And I think that maybe that was sort of the moment where they're like, well, let's see what we can do if he's a little dumber. Like, what can, what can we do if he does this dumb thing? And I think that it eventually kind of devolved Homer a bit. Uh, which honestly, I feel like it sort of evolved him a bit off the bat, and then I feel like by you know later seasons it was a little bit more devolved as he just became a walking travesty. I could see that. But I, uh, Sean, uh, aside from uh, talking about the lasting impact there, is there anything else about this episode you wanted to touch base on that we might have missed? It's better than I thought, but I think it's one of the lower points of season one in oh, all okay. honesty. I, no, I can see that. I, I think the, the jokes, the the jokes like the Avenge Me My Son and like what are we going to do to hang ourselves? Just like it, it brings it up a few points in my book just for those jokes alone because I really, really like them. But yeah, all in all it's kind of a, a more weird episode. Also the stuff with Cowboy Bob is pretty good. The but, Cowboy uh, Bob stuff is great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, so if I... Uh, you out there are listening and you would like to know how to support the show and potentially get some uh, fun benefits on top of that, make sure to check out uh, our Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, you'll be able to uh, get a wide access of perks, even just from uh, Noiseland Arcade, but all, uh, all of the shows on the GameZilla network uh, give you a lot of different perks. So, you know, make sure to check that out. And I think that's all we got time for today. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it has been a lot of fun. Uh, We definitely appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, we'll catch you in the next episode.